You're listening to Pixels in Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 23 Dex had taken up his position in the back room of a Juicy Mart, one of the Empire businesses in Riquier, nearly three hours previously, and his back was feeling every second of it. He was crammed into a break room space that was technically big enough for one person to sit and eat a meal, but breaks at Juicy were only ten minutes long. The room had clearly been designed partly to discourage sneaking extra downtime. He shifted his weight to try and work the pins and needles out of his legs, wondering what would happen if this store was the target. He would almost certainly fall on his face if he tried to jump on an intruder in his current state. He stood and began to sort of jiggle in place, trying to stay silent. Waiting. It was the worst. He sent in his periodic update to the local squad's board. Rene had called in his entire squad for the mission, but there weren't enough bodies to cover all the locations, so Dex volunteered. He'd been surprised when Biagini sent an official temporary deployment request to Mac Larson. He'd been less surprised when Larson approved it immediately. Annabelle had been deployed as well and was coordinating the online connections and public surveillance of the area. She'd even offered to take a shift at one of the businesses, but Renee managed to scround up enough other people so she could stick with her specialty. To Dex, he'd admitted that it wasn't for Annabelle's comfort that he'd found another job for her. I'm afraid she might kill someone by mistake, he said in all seriousness. Dex had seen her act from instinct a few times, once in an extreme situation. He knew that Renee's concerns weren't unfounded, and she had had a long, hard recovery from that one incident. It was better for them all that she stayed online. I have movement on Rabati. Annabelle's calm, clear voice sounded in Dex's ear, as it would to all the other secreted members of the squad. Two figures, wearing anti-recognition face paint, southbound from Barber. That put them en route to Dex's location. He tensed, ready for a confrontation, then pulled up the map again. There were also four other potential targets which the possible assailants could be aiming for. He hadn't realized how many of the shops in this neighborhood were subsidiaries of one firm. He turned his system volume down to its lowest level, straining to hear any sound that could be coming from the street. Annabelle gave an update, putting the marks nearly on top of Dex's position. Time slowed. He forced his breathing to slow, feeling his body respond to the surge of adrenaline that naturally came with anticipation. He idly speculated about how many members of the squad were controlling their responses with stims. As he heard his pulse pound in his ears, he wondered how much it would have helped. After what felt like a lifetime, Annabelle's voice told him that they'd passed by the door to the Juicy Mart, continuing south. An intense feeling of relief nearly buckled his knees, even as he knew that this didn't necessarily mean that he was in the clear. He had to remain vigilant. The people Annabelle were tracking could have been making a reconnaissance pass. They might not even be the attackers. Face paint wasn't entirely uncommon, and while this was a fairly quiet area at this time of night, nowhere in the city was completely devoid of street activity at any time. Dex fought to remain focused, but he still literally jumped when his system exploded in chatter. The two suspects had been apprehended after a brief altercation in a branch of the clothing store Mod. They'd actually caught the storefront attackers. Dex wasn't present when Rene and a couple of members of his team questioned the two people they'd caught. He had gone home when the all-clear was given, and when he got there, found Annabelle finished with her part in the operation. 
With the people in custody in a safe house maintained by the squad, there was nothing left to do. They were both way too keyed up to just call it a night, though. What do you think is going to happen to Jamie if it turns out the BBB people are involved? Dex asked idly. I guess that depends on whether there's any evidence that they knew but didn't do anything. Annabelle finished the glass of wine she'd poured before Dex had even made it back to the apartment. Seems too soon to speculate on that. I know, I know. Dex paced the floor of the apartment. I don't know what else to think about. We're not going to learn anything more tonight, Annabelle said. We need to try and get some rest. Dex nodded. You're right. If there is ever a time for chemical assistance, this is probably it. He grabbed the small bottle of a sleeping tonic that he always kept handy, though somehow never used. Six hours shot up to do the job. Annabelle nodded and took the measure Dex poured. She watched while he poured his own draft and they clicked their small glasses. Here's to good news in the morning. I'll drink to that. You just let them go? Dex fought to keep the anger out of his voice. He knew it wasn't Renee's fault, that he'd had to release the suspects to the custody of the security department's team when they'd turned up. Long ago, the organization had determined that they were adjacent to rather than in opposition to the security teams from the big firms. If their operations overlapped, handing things off to the corporate squad was the standard operating procedure. But Dex still couldn't really believe that Renee had just let the suspects walk away. We had them dead to rights, Dex carried on. At least tell me that the security goons looked like they were finally going to do something about this. And how come they finally bothered to turn up at all? This is the first time Empire sent out a team since these attacks began. Now that we did all the work, they're just going to swoop in and get the glory? No wonder someone is after them if this is the way they operate. After a short pause, Renee asked, You done? I guess, Dex answered, somewhat deflated but still upset. It wasn't a team from Empire, Renee said, but Dex didn't follow. His blank look prompted Renee to explain. It was a Techloid security team that came for the people we caught. The gears started working again in Dex's brain. But Mud is an Empire store, isn't it? We were only stationed in Empire businesses, weren't we? Renee nodded. I'm lost. Why did Techloid show up and take custody of our suspects? Because they were Techloid employees, Renee said and let that sink in. What? I did not get a strong impression that security was there to reprimand the individuals either. I am quite certain that our quarry got a message out to the Techloid goons, who came to rescue their people. Dex's jaw was literally hanging open as he put it all together. Part of him was in total surprise, but a smaller part of him felt like he should have seen this all along. They'd all been so sure that this was some kind of misplaced grassroots activism that they'd completely ignored the other possibilities. Intercorporate sabotage, he finally said. That's what this has been all along. Empire and Techloid, waging a petty little war against each other. He shook his head. How could I have missed this? Renee shrugged. It's easy to see it now, but this is not how the firms have done business in my lifetime, at least. There's no reason we should have thought they'd changed their tactics so dramatically. Dex shook his head. The signs were all there. All those incursions into each other's territories, the spying, undermining each other's operations, this was just another volley in that same battle. So it would appear. Well, what are we going to do now? 
Renee pursed his lips. Something tells me that getting caught isn't going to be enough to stop this operation. I imagine they might change their schedule, maybe even mix up the targets. But if Empire and Techloid are bound and determined to try and put each other out of business, nothing we do is going to stop them. Dex thought for a moment. Maybe nothing we do can stop them, but it's not just us anymore. Renee cocked an eyebrow. Maybe something useful did come out of me chasing the wrong lead all this time, Dex said. It would probably be the last time they'd all meet in the M-City squad boardroom like this. Larson had made no bones about the fact that he resented the time they'd all wasted on the storefront attacks. It's not our job to police the firms, he repeated, standing at the head of the table while the rest of the assembled group sat. Even if we wanted to, we can't. I'm sure none of us like that fact, but it is a fact. We exist to take up the slack where the firms don't operate. That's it. And that's plenty. He glared at each individual avatar around the table. Captain Zhang pushed her chair away from the table and stood slowly. Mac, I take your point. I really do. But it's not entirely accurate. Larson looked like he was about to defend his position, but Zhang put up a hand to silence him. And it actually worked. What we did in here, she went on, gesturing expansively, was in direct opposition to action that was being taken by some of the firms to try and restrict activity online. Whether it was purposefully to make life more difficult for freelancers or just to solidify their own positions didn't matter. It didn't matter to the people they were hurting, and it didn't matter to those of us who fought against it. All of us in this room, she looked directly at Mac Larson, all of us made a decision then that we had to oppose that action by the firms. This is no different. In the virtual world or in the physical world, we have to do what we can to even out the opportunities for ordinary people. That's our mandate, and it always has been. Justice, or at least as much justice as we can offer, for people who don't have access to it any other way. Larson's expression didn't change, but he sat back down and kept quiet. Rene cleared his throat and gave Captain Zhang a quick look. She smiled and sat. Then Rene went on as if the entire previous conversation hadn't occurred. Dex has made a tenuous, but we think viable connection with the Nice group that organized through Better Biz Brigade. They are already working on the streets to do what they can to help people who are on the margins, and we already have someone else as an active part of the group. Jamie Aristo, Susanna Bell said. What is their status at the moment? Still an active member of my squad, Rene said. Probably not as thrilled with some of us as they once were, but I think they'll be on board. After some apologies are made. Rene shot Dex a sympathetic look. These people are doing good work, Dex said. They're putting themselves on the line to help people, and they have resources. I don't know where their supplies come from, but they have connections, skills, and offer real solutions. So, Larson said, you're saying they have the means, motive, and opportunity to actually help make a change? Someone snickered, but Dex just nodded. Yes, sir. And I aim to work with them, whether it's official or not. I happen to think we can do a lot more good if it is official, but... He let the thought trail off, knowing he'd made his point. Eventually, Larson nodded once, which was the closest they were going to come to him admitting he'd been wrong. That was fine. Now they just had to figure out what they could actually do to make a difference. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Darusha Wame. 
For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.